You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. Volleyball season is upon us with the opening matchup just a little over a week away. And so it is my privilege to welcome back to the podcast one of my favorite people and favorite coaches up at Purdue, uh, Dave Shondell. Coach, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing? Thanks, Adam. No, we're, uh, we're excited. We're pretty busy with uh, the first week uh, under our belts, and now we're uh, moving forward. They don't give us a lot of time, about 16 days, uh, to prepare for our first match. So we've got to get a lot done in a short amount of time. Yeah, no kidding. Well, the preparations are underway. You started practice, uh, I believe, last week uh, with the scrimmage uh, yesterday. So talk about how things are looking so far in that limited time you've had with the girls so far. Yeah, we've been pretty happy with uh, everything from this group. They're, they're focused. They're zoned in. They, uh, the culture in our gym is, is awesome. There's um, not a bad attitude uh, to be found. And we're making progress. Um, you know, the goal this team is how quickly can we become a team we can't afford to stub our toes you know two or three times in the non-conference against teams that you know we need to beat so we quickly have to you know pull this thing together and get the right people on the floor doing the things that they can do best and uh, understanding each other on the floor is also a really important thing yeah how'd you feel yesterday's scrimmage went when you got to see them come in some more live action yeah, I mean, I never feel like we play as well as as we can play in those scrimmages. But um, overall, it was a good performance. I had a lot of uh, fans that were there that felt like um, it was one of the better, you know, first scrimmages that they have seen. But um, you know, we we can all we like to use that just to give us some tape to watch and and show the players and 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 kind of it's all part of the process. You know, you practice, you watch tape, you practice, you watch tape, and then you pick those things out that we need to, to really focus on and let the players be aware of it. Um, they watch just as much tape also. I mean, they've got access to what we call volumetrics, which is a, uh, a software where they can get in and see everything that they do during a particular practice. So it's a great uh, teaching tool uh, for all of us. Yeah. And, and you know, you, you talk about uh, looking at the tape and stuff. You got to, a really a, a really different roster for uh, your team this year. We, I remember we talked last year, and I think you had 26 on your roster with well at least six or more seniors. You had all the returners because of the COVID year and everything. And you were I remember us talking last year about gosh trying to find playing time for all this talent you had last year, yeah. and just a, a lot different look this year. Not to mean expectations are any less for you or the girls in the locker room there, but a different look at the team. So it's kind of I don't want to you know spend. Uh, or waste too much of your time, but let's kind of kind of fly through this roster that you've got this year and who you're looking at for uh, your, your your leaders, and then also just kind of you know talk about who's returning. Um, there's some fresh faces, both freshmen and transfers, that are exciting uh, coming in this year to help your squad. So let's let's kind of talk about your roster. Maybe to start with uh, who's returning for you this year. Well, last year we had 21, but not quite 26. 21. We had okay, 21, which was by uh, the largest number that we've ever worked with, and. Uh, this year, we're at 17, which is more manageable, more reps for everybody during the course of the practice. Um, but, uh, yeah, our, we return 11 players and, you know, really five or six that that saw some quality time for us a year ago. I'll start with them. Uh, probably the highest, you know, I guess, uh, ranked player would be uh, Raven Colvin. Uh, Raven will be as a sophomore. 
but started uh, the last half of the season a year ago and did enough good things to make the all freshman team in the Big Ten. And she's continued to improve and get better. And her voice is much louder now in our gym, um, showing a lot more confidence and, and leadership in the gym. Uh, Maddie Skimmerhorn is a, uh, a backcourt player that the last several years has you know, been in our rotation and passed a lot of balls and played great defense. And she's um, you know, fighting for the libero position, which is the coveted spot for any backcourt player. Uh, she'll be competing with uh, Allie Hornung. And uh, Allie did not play a, a lot last year, uh, but she certainly got some, some playing time in enough to, that she's pretty comfortable. She may be one of our most improved players. Um, she's just taken a huge jump. And I didn't know if she would compete for the libero spot, but she is. Um, her, her first week was significantly better than any week she's ever had in our gym. So uh, she's playing with great poise. Um, the three outside hitters that are uh, all seniors, Maddie Cook, Maddie Chin, and Emma Ellis, are going to be leaned on heavily this year in every possible way, both as as leaders, as veterans, those that have got experience, uh, but also more importantly, uh, to put balls away for score points, block balls, uh, play defense, just do a lot of things. And those three have been through the wars, even though they, none of them has ever emerged as a full-time starter. Uh, they've all shared a spot. And for three years, you add that up, it's a lot of playing time in the Big 10 Conference. So I feel confident that they'll be, be really, really good this year. And then Meg Renner, um, who is possibly going to be the starting setter when this thing starts, it's, it's still hard to say, uh, but she's been here now going into her fourth year, redshirted as a freshman. Last two years, she played behind uh, all Big Ten setter and, and Haley Bush, but certainly she is um, a player that we need to be really, really good. She's six foot one and uh, jumps well, uh, does a lot of good things for us. She's just she really needs to learn how to take over this team, which is what setters and point guards and quarterbacks have to do. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that evolution and the sooner the better uh, for that to happen. Um, you know, we, we need to get that thing going. So those are six that, you know, have kind of been around and have done a few things. I, it's possible I forgot somebody, but then we have some others that have, have been with us, but haven't played a lot. Lourdes Myers goes into her third year. She's a six, three middle that uh, was probably the talk of the, uh, scrimmage last night. She came out like uh, uh, nobody's business and, and pounded some balls early and blocked some balls and got everybody's attention. Uh, we also have uh, redshirt freshman uh, Emily Rastovsky, uh, redshirt freshman Sydney Yim. Um, I don't know, Rachel, who am I forgetting here? <laughs> Uh, but but those those guys are all going to play. Oh, I know I'm forgetting Ava Ava Torrance. Yes, uh, who's a senior out of Avon that yeah. uh, was really digging lips last night. Was making a, a ton of plays and passing serve. She's made a, a really nice jump. But uh, overall, I think that's that's basically the group that is is returning. A um, lot, lot of good athletes, a lot of good players, just not a ton of experience. Uh, but that's uh, approximately 11 players. And then we have three transfers that we, we got, we're really happy with them. Uh, first one came in this past spring and that was Emily uh, Brown who uh, played at McCutcheon High School right uh, in nearby Lafayette and uh, went to uh, Missouri where she played uh, the libero role for two years and then just felt like she wanted to come back and, and be at Purdue her, in her hometown. 
and uh, she's had a really good fall so far in the in the very short <laughs> amount of time we've been in the gym. She she looks good, and so I'm happy with her. Uh, another transfer from Iowa um, is Hannah Clayton. Hannah's a mm-hmm. six foot two inch middle that started I think every match that she played at Iowa uh, in the mm-hmm. Big Ten. So when we lost uh, a player to the transfer portal, um, we searched for her and uh, and she was. Uh, kind enough to, to commit to come to play at Purdue. Uh, she's similar to a, a JL Johnson type of a player. She probably isn't going to be the person that's going to get all the sets in a match, but she's very functional and uh, has that great experience. And then the other uh, transfer is a setter from Northern Illinois. That's Grace Balancefer, who also played at McCutcheon. Mm-hmm. We're developing a little bit of a, a link to uh, McCutcheon High School, but uh, she is uh, competing for a starting spot right now. She started every match at Northern Illinois for four years. And her kind of her dream was to be able to come back and play at Purdue and see what that situation would look like compared to, you know, what she had done in the MAC conference. So uh, she's come in and done everything we could expect for her. So there's 14 of the 17. And I'll just go right into the, the freshmen, if you don't mm-hmm. mind. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's that's a good group. We have um, Lizzie Carr, who's six foot six out of uh, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania that um, we feel like is going to be a big timer. Uh, how quickly that happens, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but uh, she plays very big, she's smart, she works hard, um, very confident young woman. So I, I'm ex- excited to have that kind of size. In our league, there's a lot of tall women and, uh, you know, we needed to, to kind of raise the, the stock a little bit in that, in that category. And then uh, out of Houston, Texas is Brielle Warren. And Brielle's a six foot one inch outside hitter who just hammers the ball. Uh, her father played for the uh, New England Patriots. So it was Ty Warren, uh, big dude. He's a big dude. And uh, but she's got that that toughness, that dog. Her dad likes to call it. Uh, she's got that dog in her. And uh, then a really nice player out of Fort Wayne. A player I think is going to s- certainly see some time early this season is Eva Hudson. And uh, Eva's an outside hitter that uh, is a kind of a do everything type of a player. So we're, we're excited to, for all three of those freshmen to be here. Yeah, that's for sure. And you got a great mix too. And I, I assume, you know, I, well, I guess I shouldn't assume, but you know, when you get a lot of this mix of experienced transfers who are upperclassmen, freshmen who are coming in hungry and especially a highly touted uh, recruiting class in those three freshmen. And then these girls who probably would have had playing time on most other schools in the big 10 or throughout the country, but they were just buried in the depth chart behind such a significant class of seniors last year. I assume that kind of drives the hunger and that's probably good for you in, in the, on the practice court, especially to, to prove themselves and try to earn playing time. Right. Yeah. I think this group is ready to make a name uh, for themselves and they had great respect for the players that played in front of them and learned a lot from them, but this is now their team and they're ready to do things their way. And they feel like, um, they've got a great nucleus and a great chemistry and that they're they're doing all the right things. And they are. I mean, they're a very coachable group. We have a lot to learn still, like every team in the country and a lot of progress to make. But uh, they're as coachable of a team as I've ever been in the gym with. Um, it's a pleasure to walk into the gym with them. What we have to do, Adam, is, is create some real toughness. One of the things in our league is that there's going to be a lot of tight sets. There's going to be a lot of tight matches. And that those teams that have the experience and the confidence, and most importantly, just toughness, hmm. that uh, they're going to compete the right way and they're going to find ways to win those, those close matches, partially because they believe in each other and they believe in themselves. That's awesome. And it, 
you talk about that toughness to me. We talk about two daughters of uh, pro football players. I mean, yeah, they probably got some toughness and grit born into them, right? <laughs> well, they they do, and, and and that's not any. Those two, I don't worry too much about when it comes down to getting involved in a street fight on a volleyball floor. But um, you know, just collectively, I think it, it's you know you're you're only going to be as good as your weakest link. And uh, if you have somebody out there that's not asserting themselves and and and, and fulfilling their role and competing then, uh, you know, you can get beat in this league. Yeah. You mentioned 6'6", six, six, uh, Lizzie Carr, and a 6'3", Lourdes Myers, who can basically jump out of the gym. I, I wondered if Katie Geralds has knocked on your door yet asking about their availability in the winter. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not sure either one of those have played much basketball. We probably have some <laughs> some some kids that could, could uh, compete on the hardwood, but uh, those two are pretty much uh, volleyball only. So uh, I don't think she'll be pressing that doorbell too soon. Yeah. Uh. Well, let's, let's talk about some, you know, expectations or at least internal expectations and goals for you guys this year. I know, I think if I saw the uh, preseason predictions, I think they had you, I think in the middle of the pack of the Big Ten this year. But I imagine, again, because there's a lot of unknowns as we've already talked about, by, you know, coming off of two straight uh, Elite Eights, I imagine expectations inside internally are a lot higher for you guys. Well, I think it's impossible to, to pick this year where teams are going to be in the Big Ten. Last year, was kind of an anomaly with so many unbelievable teams. The Big Ten has never been as good or had as many great players as it had a year ago uh, with a lot of the super seniors that decided to stick around. Mm -hmm. That number is going to kind of deteriorate, I think, as years go on. How many of the fifth-year kids want to play? They, they're going to get their senior year. Mm -hmm. You know, They'll get all the fanfare and, and have a good senior year. And so there's not as many of them sticking around. So it's hard to say with all the transfers that are going to get, I don't care what sport you're looking at anymore in college athletics, you're going to need uh, you know, a program to tell you know, who those players are anymore uh, early in the season. But clearly our objective is to be much better than eighth in the big 10 conference mm -hmm. um, in a way that was a little bit uh, of disrespect to a program that had been to the elite eight uh, the past two seasons and had finished in the upper I mean, we consistently finished in the upper five in the Big mm -hmm. Ten. I can't remember, you know, last time that we were not, you know, in that category. Um, but that just tells you how good these teams are. I mean, there's no way the Big Ten coaches felt like, okay, we don't want to respect Purdue. It's just they, they've started ranking the teams, and mm -hmm. we ended up being down there, you know, a little lower than what we have been. And so that should serve as tremendous motivation. Um, I know it has for me. Um, you know, uh, last thing I want to do is is – finish below where we normally finish. We want to finish higher than where we, we may have finished in the past. And I think this team has, has the athleticism to make that happen. We just have a lot of players that have not been on the floor as much as what some teams have been in the past. Yeah. And you talk about uh, the, the depth of the big 10. And I remember that last year, just how good it was. I, Wisconsin winning the national championship and just so many other teams that were up there as well, uh, including you guys. And, I don't know if that kind of led to this, but just talk about how, you know, maybe this inspired the Big Ten to, to take the lead in having the first ever uh, volleyball media day, uh, you mm -hmm. know, for sport outside of football or basketball to do this. Talk about your reaction when you heard they were going to do that and then just taking that whole experience in. Well, I thought it was awesome that they made that decision. And I think that goes even back to the days of Jim Delaney, you know, who was a longtime commissioner. Uh, he was a huge advocate of women's sports. The Big Ten has always, um, you know, done what they could to make sure the women in, in the Big Ten were being treated really, really well. 
And, and then you've got volleyball in the Big Ten, which has been, you know, one of the headliner sports in this conference. And you have a year where it's the 50th year for, you know, Title IX. And um, volleyball on TV, especially in this case, the Big Ten Network, has, I think, been the third top, the third most popular sport behind football and, and men's basketball. So it, it makes sense if we're going to try to do something to continue to promote um, you know, the Big Ten Network, that we have this Big Ten Media Day, and they did it first class. I mean, it, it was done uh, beyond my expectations. The amount of people that they had there, the amount of resources that they poured into it. And, um, and now I think, not only will the Big Ten continue to do that, you're going to see these other Power Five conferences probably do the exact same thing because, um, you know, volleyball is one of the fastest growing sports. It's, it's being watched across the globe. And um, now more this year, I think the Big Ten is going to have 47 matches on BTN. And uh, it, when they first started this, the Big Ten Network, they had a contract and I think volleyball had maybe 18 matches on. And because of the, the, the popularity and the viewership, uh, it's up to 47 right now. So I think that makes a statement for why they felt like volleyball deserved uh, their day in the sun. That's awesome. And what was the experience like for those girls? I know Emma and Raven are kind of the featured players along with uh, you, Coach. But it looks like if I saw pictures, you got to take the whole team up there. So just talk about getting to, to take that in. And I know I heard you on the, you know, the Dig City podcast. A lot of the focus was this year was kind of being the first, but, you know, hoping moving forward, it's more about the players and the teams and the season ahead. But just kind of talk about for them, maybe their perspective, what they share with you and just being able to, to take that in. Yeah, we took Raven and Emma. Uh, up to Chicago, and um, I think it's a moment they'll never forget um, to be part of that. I mean, clearly, our athletes today stand on the shoulders of those players of the last 50 years that have helped build, um, you know, women's athletics across this country, but certainly the volleyball players that, whether they're at Purdue or Minnesota or Illinois, wherever, they built, you know, the Big Ten uh, in the sport of volleyball. So our, our two you know, players, Emma and Raven were just fortunate to be the, the first ones to be there, but they're humbled by the fact that um, this conference is, is, is pushing volleyball the way that they are, but it was, it was a unique experience and, and one they'll never forget. That's cool. I saw commissioner Warren make a promise to them to come down and see a game uh, in Holloway. So that'd be awesome uh, yeah. for him to get to take in that experience. And we'll, we'll talk about Holloway just uh, here in a few minutes, the season tips off uh, next week. You go down to Tennessee, uh, for the Tennessee Classics, just talk about excitement and just anticipation to getting uh, that first matchup uh, out of what not out of the way, but under, yeah, we're, we're not ready. We're not ready for it yet. Yeah. I can I can promise you, we are not ready to go out and play at this point in time. We try to do some scrimmage matches every night in practice. Uh, as a matter of fact, just before the call, I was putting down a couple different lineups that we want to uh, see tonight, um, but. The, the, the goal of this team is how quickly can we become the best unit? And uh, so you, you have to do a lot of team play to make that happen. You know, fortunately, our kids are pretty well skilled. Even the incoming freshmen have been playing combination of high school and club volleyball, which lasts about 10, 10 months out of the year. They're getting a ton of reps. And so, um, you know, we can move into a lot, a lot of team play, but we're, we're not quite ready to step on the floor against, the, you know, the, the likes of Tennessee and Bowling Green and Loyola, who are, will be our you know, opponents in that, that first tournament. But um, when that day gets here, we will be ready. Yeah. And uh, this, this team will be 
be a really, really competitive team. Um, you know, it, it'll come down to just how many close matches are we going to win? Yeah. You, you mentioned, uh, the schedule as usual, you, you never have a soft schedule. I know RPI is important to you. And yeah. so again, no, no easy cupcakes on this schedule again this year, including a matchup at, uh, Louisville on, in a few weeks, uh, of course, obviously Louisville, if I remember correctly, one of the top ranked, if not the top ranked uh, team in the country. Let's talk about uh, the importance for uh, scheduling a tough non-conference. Yeah. Oh, no, that's, I mean, that's the key to the opportunity to get a good seed and possibly host like we have, you know, I think maybe, maybe in the past couple of years, I can't remember how often we've been doing it, but for a while we could not host the, the sub-regional, be one of those 16 teams. Yeah, they were sending us to Texas and Utah and, and different places, uh, Missouri a couple of times. And it's tough to go on the road and, and, and win those two matches that you have to to advance to the Sweet 16. So getting that opportunity at home is, is really helpful. So, um, you know, last year, I think our strength of schedule was fourth or fifth in the country. And a lot of that is a result of how well those teams do that you play. You know, on, on the surface right now, this looks like a really good RPI schedule mm -hmm. based on what those teams did the last couple of years and what they anticipate doing this fall. It should be one that will again, have us as a top five or 10 strength of schedule, which, you know, for the RPI pays off, but once again, you got to win a lot of those, <laughs> you know, the winning, the win loss record has a little bit to do with the RPI as well. Not just who you play. Right on. Now you get to come home after the Tennessee classic, you get to come back and play that Reamer uh, club extra special uh, yeah. at Holloway, just talk about returning home for that and getting to play and just uh, Holloway Gym, uh, which is just a fantastic place. Yeah. Play um, home crowd. You know, normally the first weekend we play at home. That's kind of been the staple since the day I've I've been here. But because of some uh, tournaments we had to make up going to different places, you know, you, sometimes it, like Tennessee came here last year. So we owe them a trip to, to, to Knoxville. And it just so happened the way we had to manage our schedule was we had to go down there uh, the first weekend. But we come back and uh, I know we got Louisville, Bradley, and uh, and UW Milwaukee that mm -hmm. uh, that first weekend, and that'll be good competition. And Louisville is I uh, haven't seen the top twenty come twenty five, but comes out maybe like right now. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing Louisville is going to be in the top five. They should be. Um, so I, I think that there'll be great competition, especially on the road in a, in a gym that holds about 1,800 people. It will be filled to the rafter. And so, but playing that kind of competition is great for our, our kids. Our kids come to Purdue to play not only great teams in the Big Ten, but also during the non-conference season, uh, get, to, get the chance to, to test their wares. Yeah, for sure. And you, yeah, you mentioned testing. Win or loss, I mean, these games, I think, prepare you for the postseason when you're going to have to face nothing nothing but even tougher opponents right right for sure and i think that we're you know we've we've never lost the first um match of the ncaa tournament in the, the time that our staff has been here and we average going to the sweet 16 if you look at what our average is we average going to the sweet 16 what we need to do is get further you know we've, we've done a nice job the last couple of years of getting the elite eight but it, you know we got to eventually knock that door down that's awesome. And, and mentioning, uh, speaking of home uh, matchups, of course, you got the Boiler Block Party, which I think set a new record this year and selling out within, I think, two hours of ticket availability this year. Just talk about how important they are to you guys. Well, they're, they set the tone in Holloway Gym. Uh, when uh, opponents come in, they, they know what, the, what they're getting into when they come into Holloway Gym. 
And there's a lot of coaches that, that really are uncomfortable when they come to our smaller venue. I mean, some of the volleyball in the Big Ten is played in uh, what used to be their big basketball venues. And so like Nebraska holds 8,000, Penn State's got over 5,000 Northwestern plays in, uh, in, in their basketball venue. That goes on a lot of places. I know this year, Michigan and Michigan State are both going to be playing in their, you know, their, their large venues on campus. But coming here, and it's a little bit different environment. And our student section, as you mentioned, it's usually six or 700 full, uh, making, making a ton of noise. We've already sold out, I think, three of our uh, matches for, mm -hmm. for this year. So fans that are really interested in seeing this volleyball team and, and, and getting a chance to understand what this environment is like, I really encourage them to get their tickets really soon because they're going fast. Yeah, for sure. I want to end on this coach. We kind of joked about before we started recording about uh, you got a good staff on hand that can help handle a practice if we ran over, but I do want to talk about your staff. Yeah. You got your, of course your brother and then um, uh, Kathy Jewell as well. Just talk about, I mean, 20 years together. I don't know if that happened anywhere else in, in a power five conference to have a coaching staff stay together that long, especially two qualified people who probably could be head coaches, other places. Let's talk about how important that is and just that bond you three have. Well, number one, it, it's it's so helpful to work with the same people every day because you don't have to sit down and have a lot of different coaching meetings to figure out who's who's going to do what. We understand our roles. We understand how to complement each other to, to help them be successful at whatever job it is that they have going on. But more importantly, these are high level coaches. Uh, you know, Kathy Jewell, if you look at the recruiting that she has done and the players that she's helping bring to Purdue, it's been remarkable. And the things that she does behind the scenes to allow John and I to focus on what we do best has, has allowed our program, you know, to continue to get better and better. Uh, John could be coaching at any school in the country. He's got, he is as good as a guy in the gym as there is in, in college volleyball. And so for me to be able to occasionally go recruit or to hand some things over to him, uh, which I do often, is, is very comfortable and easy for me because we got a guy that's as good as anybody uh, coaching the game in, in our gym right now. That's great. Great, great yeah. stuff there, Coach. And as we're kind of just wrapping up here, too, I just want to recommend anybody who's listening to this episode or watching this episode to follow Coach Shondell on, on Twitter. I mean, I don't know if there's anybody, Coach, that I follow on Twitter who's more uh, encouraging and, and inspiring. And I just never see a negative a post from you. And I just love that about you. And I, I, you know, I know where those roots come from and, and why you do that. And, it, and, you know, something I, we teach our kids at home, just about building up, just build up, don't tear down, just build, build one another up. And I just see you do that, you know, every day or every time you post something on Twitter. So thank you for, for doing that. And, and just, and I can see why these girls love playing for you and why you have a successful program and such a great culture up there at Purdue, just because of the kind of man you are. So thank you for that. Well, I appreciate that, Adam. And uh, I, I just think that's what young people need. I think that's what all people need. We don't see enough of it uh, in, in today's world. Um, but it, it's easy to be positive when, you know, when you have a job like I've got and you have a, a wife and family and, and, and things like that. I've been very, very blessed. And uh, I just try to be able to help, help any way I can and help people have a good day. Awesome. Well said, All Coach. Right. Uh, thank you so much for, the time, uh, for your time again uh, enjoying the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Anything else to add as we're wrapping up that I didn't ask? Well, we had a scrimmage, like you said, and we had a great crowd. I mean, right now we're building as big of a and as loyal of a fan base in volleyball as you can find. And uh, But there's room for more. And so I hope that, that we'll, this will be another successful season and people will 
uh, more people will jump on the bandwagon and, and we'll have another great run here uh, in 2022. But thank you, Adam. I appreciate all your, all your support. No, no problem. It's, it's fun to watch you guys play and to just follow the program. And you mentioned the scrimmage. Is there another one where uh, fans will get a chance yeah, to see? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, we have one this Saturday at 2 awesome. o'clock. 2 o'clock in Holloway. Uh, I think they'll be with all the students coming back now. I think there'll be a, a, a bigger crowd. And uh, it just gives our, our players a chance to get in front of some people. You know, playing in the gym by themselves in practice is one thing. But when you get people around, the mind starts to think a little bit about some other things. And uh, so I like to give them a couple of opportunities before we play our first regular season match. That's fabulous. That's awesome. Coach, thank you again so much for your time. Uh, take care. Good luck this season and boiler up. Okay. Boiler up. Thank you. Awesome. A reminder, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod, and you can find the full video interviews on the Fox 59 and CBS4 website. You can also listen to, subscribe, like, and or comment on the podcasts on all the major podcast platforms, including now on Amazon Podcasts as well. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.